welcome to the Two Idiots Podcast. I'm Reg. I'm Randy. And we're very excited to uh, to have joining us this week, Beachbody Super Coach Joel Freeman. How's it going, Joel? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, number one, I love the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really good. do. I think it's great. If you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at, right? <laughs> exactly. I laugh at myself daily, so this is perfect. <laughs> Likewise. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us, I guess. Um, you're in L.A. right now? Yes. Yes, I live in, I live in L.A. I moved back here in 2011, and just can't see myself leaving, man. The weather's too good. <laughs> I was just going to ask how it was. Yeah, we had we had some no two days ago, so yeah, consider still yeah, lucky. That's fun. We don't get that here, so that's what we here. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> where did you move there from? Uh, well, I lived up in the Seattle area for eight years where it does snow and rain a lot. <laughs> and uh, so the Pacific Northwest was just not for me. And uh, before that, well, I did grow up in West Texas. So, you know, kind of kind of been around a little bit and uh, saw a little uh, But I'm originally from California, Southern California. All my family's here. Uh, it just, just made sense to come home, and, and I love it here, so. Oh, awesome! Uh, I, I can't com- I can't complain except for the I've... gas the gas <laughs> prices. About it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we've had some uh, controversy with that up here as well. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I totally get that. Uh, I've never been to California myself, but I can imagine in Seattle you kind of understand some of our uh, what's it called seasonal affective disorder or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, look, I, between being originally from California and then even in West Texas, like you see, you get a lot of sunshine and going from there to uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I definitely, the first couple years, it wasn't too bad, but, you know, probably about year three or four, yeah, that definitely started to hit me. And um, by, you know, I was up there eight years. So those last few years, those were rough in the winter. And it was like, I knew I had to get out. Of I need sunshine to just <laughs> feel good. And some people know, you know, and you know, like that, there's a reason why Twilight was filmed up in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> some people just don't like the sun, so it's yeah. good for them. I'm not great with the heat, um, but I also don't want to be in the overcast. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather skip eight months of winter for, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, before we get too deep. Thorough, it all depends. Yeah, exactly. I have to ask, is Shanti as much fun to hang out with in person as he seems? Shanti, yes, 100% is as much fun, if not even, both of us are usually even more appropriate in person. <laughs> so we we definitely have a great time together. Um, it's been fun, you know, getting to know him. I've known him for a long. I've known Sean for a long time because I've been in Beachbody, which has been seven years now. Okay. Um, and uh, but we really got to know each other uh, last year when he was in town filming Transform Twenty because he was here for so long and you know just same circles and stuff like that. And so getting to know him, we realized that we're both just wildly inappropriate and really don't give a shit about anything. And so we're like, let's 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 play, man. Let's have some fun. <laughs> You are kind of people. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Um, yeah, so how, kind of maybe run us through um, how you got started with Beachbody or how, like, your fitness, I guess, journey is kind of overused maybe, but kind of your journey, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely been a journey. I mean, you know, the, the, the Clipdos version of it, um, I got my very first job in the fitness world was the front desk position. Um at a small uh, town or small gym in West Texas uh, when I was going to uh, college at Texas Tech, and uh, it was a two a.m. to ten a.m. shift, so it wasn't it wasn't a good shift and it wasn't a good job, but it was it was the job, and that's all I needed. That's the only reason I took it. Um, I was not in the fitness lifestyle at all. I was bartending at night and framing houses during the day, and I had a cigarette in my mouth all the time, and just. <laughs> 
didn't really, I didn't need to work out. I was just, I was just the skinny kid. So I didn't have to worry about like being overweight or anything. But, um, so that was my start. And then, but, but I, I got into the business side of it. Um, you know, selling memberships and then became a sales manager and, and just was good at it. I've always, I was always good at talking to people. That's why I enjoyed bartending and waiting tables and was just always had that, um, that, that skill set just always came, uh, I guess, natural from that sense. I never had any problem making friends or, or, you know, talking to people. And so that was definitely beneficial for me in the gym world of selling memberships. And ironic, you know, I'd sell a gym membership and then go smoke a cigarette out back in my break. <laughs> um, but so it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't until later, probably mid 20s. And by that point, I had moved up to you know Seattle area and Pacific Northwest, and was living up there, and, and just got more into the world of group exercise and teaching classes, and was surrounded myself with more fitness like-minded people, and realized like oh, this isn't a bad world to be in. And hopefully, so like just one day stopped. So I was lucky enough I just stopped smoking one day. I was like, all right, I'm done, um, and just gave it up. And then you know that was that was pretty awesome that I was able to do that. And then. Um, you know, with, and then got into the world of group exercise and just kept working in business of it. Man, I man, I was general manager of a gym up there, and um, group exercise was definitely what led me into the world with each body because um, this was way back in I can't remember the years. Uh, so probably two thousand or you know, late, like two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten is when Les Mills and Beachbody partnered up and created. Uh, we did Les Mills Pump, and I was part of that cast. So that was my first introduction into Beachbody. Um, and then, you know, never really, I knew that that wasn't going to be anything big. It wasn't like it is now was when you come in and you're announced as a new super trainer and you do your own program. It was very different back then. And, and when we did Les Mills Pump, it was part of a basically ensemble cast from around the world. So there was like 14 of us total from all over the world. And so it was very different. It was never meant to be like, you know, you're the stars. It was a product. It was more about the product. And, um, in 2011, I moved back down to LA. That's when I, you know, I took a job um, with Gold's Gym, uh, the Southern California franchise, which is it, it, it was and still is the most uh, successful and, and highly touted franchise, Gold's Gym franchise in the world. So it was a great company to work for, and uh, became their Group X director. And, and while I was doing that, I, I was helping launch P uh, 90 Live by trialing it in some of our gold gyms. So I just, the, the, uh -huh. I was just always in the office. I was always in the Beachbody offices doing, you know, different things. And I would run into Carl and run into, you know, the rest of the team and just be like, hey, what are we going to do something? Let's do something. Let's, you know, just always kind of looking <laughs> for new opportunities. And I think that's always been my biggest thing is I was always, you know, always open to having conversations about new opportunities and not being scared to have those conversations. Um, and it was never, you know, any sort of disrespect for the company I was already working with. But it was just always having conversations and keeping communication lines open. Um, that's that's and, perfect. You know, yeah, and with that came, um, this was probably in 2015 or 16, back in, I think 15. Uh, so yeah, then Carl called me and was like, hey, man, we got a gap in the library. Well, I want to create an MMA program with about you and Jericho coming over and doing this. And I was like, why not? What the hell? <laughs> I can always go back to the, the business world and – the, you know, from then the rest is history with Beachbody, and so yeah, it's definitely it's, it's funny to be called a super trainer. Uh, <laughs> it's not a title I use outside of Beachbody. <laughs> that might be a little uh, arrogant, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're like, oh wow, you're full of yourself. Good to know. Um, <laughs> right off the bat. So I definitely, you know, so I tell people I'm a trainer for Beachbody. I make, you know, I make home programming, and um, you know, 
it's a great job. I love it. And I get to connect with people all over the world. So it's been phenomenal. Well, case in point, we're sitting in in my basement in Manitoba, Canada, and uh, we're having a conversation. Right. So it's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was one. Look, that was the thing. You know, people always tell me, you know, they always ask me, like, what drew you to Beachbody and why did you decide to leave Gold's Gym? And one of the biggest frustrations I always had uh, in the gym world was the fact that you're, ge- you're geographically isolated. You, know, yeah. you can only go after those people within so many miles or kilometers of you. So um, when I was presented with this opportunity, I'm like, wow, this is a great opportunity to just get out and, and really reach a good amount of people. No kidding. Um, and I'm glad. I mean, it, uh, it might be I don't know, a bit of a stretch to say, but I think Court of Force changed my life. <laughs> um, awesome. My wife, my wife, brought, uh, kind of kicked my ass, and, and <laughs> she, I was, she was tired of me being sorry of myself, uh, sorry for myself. Um, so that she kind of forced me to buy uh, Court of Force, and, and you and Jericho uh, kind of helped me get on, you know, I guess the right-ish track. <laughs> so yeah. thank you. That's awesome, man. I love hearing that. I mean, that's, and look, there's always something with. Uh, that's the, I think some people they discount how powerful uh, a fitness regimen can be, and it doesn't have to be. It's not to say that like what works for you is going to work for me. And, and you know what you're talking about, you know, the fitness path. It's, you found the path that works for you, yeah. and and I think that's the biggest thing is there's so many people out there that are trying to, especially in the world of social media, you're just trying to copy what you see other people do. Well, but they don't, you know, they're forgetting that okay, these fitness, uh, you know, these mega influencers on social media. They're 22 years old, and they, you know, they, their metabolism is the same of a gazelle, and they don't, you know, they don't, you know, so, and you know, there's some enhancements there, and blah blah blah. Like, you know, it's just not reality. So I definitely, I love hearing uh, people who have been able to use our products to find what works for them personally, because that's what it's all about: is finding what works for you personally, on your personal level, your day-to-day life. For sure. Yeah, it's kind of a kicker with you know, social media influencers. Um, you know, a lot of the time it's it's about image and less about substance, which yeah, doesn't really help of, anybody. There's a lot of like, you know, sort of unrealistic body standards that get set on yeah. there, right? Like you said, people yeah. don't see the 18, 20 year old jack dudes or, you know, really toned <laughs> jack women for that matter, right? And they're trying to live right. up to that. And it's not even, you know, necessarily a real attainable yeah. goal for I, most people. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, I think we've reached a, I, I think, you know, my opinion for whatever matters, I definitely think we've reached kind of a pinnacle to, of that. Um, I think we're at a tipping point in the social media world. I think something's about to break. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's kind of the same thing like, you know, years ago when CrossFit was all the rage everywhere and I was watching that and I had been doing CrossFit workouts like way before anybody even knew about it, which is, you know, partially, uh, responsible for my two herniated discs in my early 20s so I, I knew about it a long time before that and um, you know watch the you know that's when Reebok bought CrossFit and it became this thing or CrossFit games I'm like no it's gonna be it's it's, it's I just saw it I was like it's gonna be there's gonna be a tipping point as, as everything does and every, there is in everything and when it comes to I don't want to call it a fad but you know this social media world and these influencers that are you know with millions of followers and it's very surface level as you're saying it's very you know a two-dimensional. I think we're reaching that point. I think people are starting to get a little sick of it because now what's happening is they're, you know, these people are getting a ridiculous amount of money to push other products, and now they're all their posts are just becoming ads, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are going to get tired of that. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the next thing is. I got a couple ideas, but I don't know what the next thing is. And I, I do think that we're going to start to see. I hope, at least, we're going to see a diminishing factor. Uh, on with these because they just they infuriate me because I'm like 
Some of them are great. Don't get me wrong. I follow a lot of them because uh, I'm always looking at what's going on. Some of them are phenomenal. I love their content. I think they put out some amazing content. You know, the ones that obviously they look great in a bikini and they have a great ass, but it's like, what else are you bringing to the table? Which that's pretty much it. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's they're kind of in, uh, like you said, tipping point of, and it, things are starting to seem so, or, or people are getting sick of insincerity. Like they kind of want, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> they want some peek back behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that and that's one of the things that I, I definitely continue to try to do on, on my posts and the stories is is just post me. Like, yeah. it's not I don't I don't go through and and try to pers- you know uh, personify something I'm not. Like, that just sounds exhausting to me. <laughs> and then like and not be able to keep your story straight on top of that too. It's like if I'm trying to think of like all these different things that people want to hear versus like, look guys, this is just me. And if you like it, cool. You can follow me. If not, then there's the unfollow button. I don't really care. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm good. <laughs> I think that's a healthy way. Well, I mean, speaking of healthy, like we see the, you know, people like the Kardashians constantly posting, um, like fit teas and flat tummy tea and all yeah, that whatever shit. those are. Like, yeah, it's, and, and people follow that religiously without actually doing any research and, and who knows yeah. what that's doing to them. Right. So, yeah, and look, they're not. I mean, and look, they're not taking that shit. It's it's, no. it's so it's so ridiculous. They have they're paying ridiculous amount of money for trainers. They're paying you know all their food is made for them. Like it's not reality, you know. No. And the, they're just getting paid a lot of money to push it. That's that's all that is. And, and a tea that just makes you you know basically shit your pants is not the uh, <laughs> the answer to weight loss by any means. Yeah, Taco Bell does that, and that doesn't give us weight either. It's a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, if they want to sponsor us, I'll happily do a Taco Bell, a Taco Bell ad. All day. Hey, look, if you, if, you get, if you can get Taco Bell, then I can get you dude wipes, and you guys will be set. Beautiful. <laughs> That's a match made in heaven. I think, I think I've seen those dude, dude wipes. wipes. Love it. <laughs> it's perfect, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. That's made in the bathroom, right there. <laughs> Aren't all the good ones? No? Never mind. Usually. <laughs> um, Only on the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll just leave that there. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of uh, a court of horse, not of bathroom stuff. Um, Randy and I yesterday tried. Well, I did it before, but he and I did a little bit of court of force together. Yeah, uh, this was my first time. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on it, Randy? <laughs> uh, it was good. I I quite enjoyed it. Um, you guys keep a pretty good tempo the whole time, and it's it's easy to follow along. Um, and you know, you're always encouraging to to go at your own pace and kind of make it your own workout. Um, I thought it was good. I got a, I had a very enjoyable time. <laughs> I was certainly hurting this morning, so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. in some way. Yeah, for sure. No, I think, you know, look, I think we did some really good things with Corda Force. Um, you know, and, and we were able to take a lot of our learnings from over the years of teaching group exercise and teaching mixed martial art classes and, and group exercise formats and then also – uh, training in the in the boxing gyms and the MMA gyms and really combine those things and you know the biggest thing was to try to take away a lot of the intimidation factor and and get rid of the dancey feel to it you know yeah. the, the number one thing was like we're not doing this to the beat um, I, I was like there's no flip way I'm gonna do it like, if, if it's on the beat I don't even want to be a part of this uh, <laughs> just, that's not authentic and, and you know we went down we tried to stay real and authentic as possible we've worked with some amazing trainers and coaches um, in the MMA world I mean. Uh, in like every single combination that we have, like every MMA combination, we vet it through um, our one of our Muay Thai trainers who was a world uh, champion. So 
you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we stay legit as possible on that stuff. And it, it's really, you know, and definitely, I think in a lot of ways it, it turned out amazing. I think some other ways, even, you know, the, the Carl, the team we've all talked about, like, you know, if we go back and change it, you know, we would try to maybe make it a little, a little darker, a little grittier, uh, you know, to maybe bring in some more of that feel to it, to where, you know, it doesn't look as bouncy and light, but <laughs> I still think we did good. I think we did pretty good for, at the, for the time. I'd agree. And, there's a weird almost stigma attached to uh, working out at home uh, in that it's viewed, at least in my experience, that it's, you know, it's women that do it. And, and at least in my experience, I, I enjoyed Coup de Force because it didn't feel so, uh, like you said, dancey or, or kind of feminine or whether that's fair or not. That's kind of the, the perspective. I think a lot of people sort of view it as like yeah. what the Richard Simmons era of exercise <laughs> yeah. videos were, right? And I think yeah. this yeah. is... No, you're- you are 100 percent right, man. It's and look, the stigma stigmas are hard to get rid of, and perceptions are even harder. Um, you know, like yeah, the the group the or the group the home workout world still thinks that home workout or people who look at the home workout world think is, is what you said, Randy. It's, it's uh, a rich mystery time. Sorry, um, <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> but uh, think that yeah, it's Richard Simmons, and how long ago was that? But it's also the same thing with weightlifting, where people think that if they start weightlifting, they're going to like Arnold Schwarzenegger. How long ago was that? You know, yeah, like yeah. Muscle Beach and everything that started back in in mid six like nineteen sixty five was the first Gold's Gym that opened up. Like the seventies is when that hit its peak, and like how long ago was that? Yet those perceptions still exist. So um, I get it, and so you're, you're not wrong about it. And I think if we can continue to um, and I say we, but at least me, because I, I, I have power over me, uh, <laughs> is, you know, any any program that I continue and, and work on and moving forward is like, you know, Live For was, was exactly that, is to really try to keep that look and feel uh, and change that stigma, you know, and I think we did a good job with Core to Force. I think we did a really good job with Live For on making it more feel like a dude program, but yet still everyone, but still bringing it attractive enough for everyone to do. Of course, Absolutely. and that's kind of what you want, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah, you don't want yeah. it to be. If you, make a, yeah, if you make like a, because I was telling this coach a while ago, I was saying like, if you make a, if you make a program that's female geared, like geared towards females, guys aren't gonna touch it. Like, no. we're guys, we're dudes. Like, dudes aren't <laughs> gonna touch it. It's just not yeah. gonna happen unless your wife like talks you into it and you know bribes you with sex or something like that to go do it, but <laughs> they won't do anything. But aside from that, guys aren't gonna touch it. So, but if you make a program that is a little bit more dude oriented or at least ge- not geared towards them, but is, you know, still make it look less girly, then guys will do it. They have a better chance to do it. And girls are going to do it no matter what anyway. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's just, it's a fine line. It's trying to hit, hit that formula, but I think we did pretty good with the floor on it. Right. Yeah. I think one of the <clears> best <throat> people who have done that is possibly, you know, Diamond Dallas Page and his DDP yoga program, yeah. turning that into what he has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you got WWE star going into it and creating yoga. I mean, it's about as good as it gets. <laughs> Pretty much. It's hilarious to watch, but it's effective. Like, you and I, Randy yeah. and I did it a little bit, and you feel the burn. Like, he's a bit silly, but <laughs> it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my... I'd seen recently that um, your wife had tagged you something on Facebook about um, how you don't typically or not, don't necessarily enjoy working out as much as she might. Um, kind of, how do you motivate yourself? How do you how do you kind of push through and, and keep yourself going? Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, she does that. Uh, yeah, it's it's one hundred percent true. She Brianne loves. 
to work out. Like that's, that's her passion. That's her hobby. That's what she wakes up and looks forward to do every single day. Um, wish I had that. Me too. Yeah, no shit. I think we all wish we had that. Um, I, I don't, I, there's things that I do enjoy. Um, and for me, it's been finding those things that I enjoy when it comes to fitness world. Like I do enjoy weightlifting. Um, I do, and I love boxing and kickboxing. And, you know, I took a break from boxing for a little bit, just with everything that had going on before and the, you know, the, the formation calendar, but I'm, you know, I'm, I've been itching. So I'm getting back into that in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited to get back into the gym and start boxing again, get some speed back up and things like that. And like, and I've always, and that's the thing, like I always, I've never gone to the boxing gym and be like, Oh, I gotta go. Like, I was yeah. always excited to, I was like, I would have my bag out the night before. And, you know, <laughs> just, I like, you, so it's finding those things that you really do enjoy. Um, you know, now that we, our gym, we have a, you know, we took one of our bedrooms in our house, our new house and made them into workout rooms. And so, you know, it's a new concept for me. I'm so used to leaving to go work out. This is, you know, now we don't have to. So it's definitely been a little bit of a mental shift. Like the first month, it was harder for me to go work out because also with the new house, I'm like, I can go work, you know, tinker in the garage. And, <laughs> and I, had, I had man things to do versus go work out. And, yeah. and then I finally, and now I've just kind of gotten back into a routine. And now that we've got the gym deal room the way I liked it, and I just basically put my headphones on and put, you know, blast the hard rock or like put the Sonos on and blast the hard rock and, and just get into it. And, you know, I find, and I do my thing. And I think that's also like, we used to work out together, Brian and I did, uh, we, we both had, you know, different jobs and, that was kind of our, our time to connect with each other in, in our, uh, you know, our bonding time. And it's a little bit different now. And now she does it herself and I do it myself because now that's kind of like, we have it two different ways of training. You know, mine's just get in and get it done. And it's just like, how long can I work out? Yeah. So, uh, it's good. I mean, but it, you know, for me and look in brutal honesty on the motivation thing, I just don't want to look fat. So, and I know I gotta, I mean, it's often the best motivator. Not look, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's I mean, let's, you know, I want to look good in my clothes. I want to look good when I take my clothes off. So, yeah. you know, you got to work, you got to lift to do that stuff. So that's, that's, that's the motivation for me. Have you ever had those days where you feel good, you look in a mirror and it ruins your whole day? <laughs> yes. It's stupid. I hate mirrors that way. It's like, I'm like, wait a minute, like, cause the reflections, you know, don't reflect exactly what you're thinking you would see and you're like, exactly. bitch. I've, been, I've been working so hard these past couple weeks like, what the hell it's just the lighting and yeah yeah so depressing sometimes but... <laughs> yeah <laughs> that makes sense um let's see what else do I want to talk about here um with with Court of Force and even uh, other programs you've worked on um how long do those normally take like from kind of start till release time to to set up and stuff uh, it, it depends on the program. Court of Force definitely took longer uh, from because you know, from the process it starts. Uh, you know, you've got your your brainstorming meetings. You've got your uh, research and development time, and then you have your product time, prod dev, and then you have your testing, and then you have your filming. So, and that process can take six months from start to finish, which I feel is rather typical. I think with Live Four. Um, you know, we started chatting, we started doing brainstorming meetings, kickoff meeting and brainstorming stuff. Uh, let's see, where was this? It was like late, I guess it would have been like fall of 2017. Okay. And then, you know, like late 2017, we started having the brainstorming and stuff like that. And then we got into really hardcore prod dev in January, um, tested it for eight weeks. It was an eight-week program, did a full test, and then we filmed it. And, you know, then uh, we wrapped filming 
March, right, when Success Club hit. So that was about, yeah, so I'd say, you know, that's probably a little less, maybe a little closer, like four or five months from kickoff to the quarter force took a lot longer. Uh, several factors. One, it was a very technical program. We had a lot of R&D to do, a lot of vetting. Um, and then Jericho was pregnant and they had her baby and had maternity leave. And then obviously we wanted to give her time to be ready to roll because it's our demanding workout and stuff. So yeah. that was a long, that was a longer project for sure. But uh, yeah, I would say like anywhere between four to six, seven months is typical. Hmm. That makes sense. So then when you're actually filming them, um, is that one take or do you guys cut it and edit it and, or is that's too much how the sausage is made and we shouldn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I don't think there's really secrets on this one, uh, or I'll tell you anyway. So, I mean, with quarter, again, Quarter Force was Quarter Force was kind of like one of the last, the last uh, products of that era of the DVD era in infomercial world. Uh, you know, it's, it starts really change after that. But so, with Quarter Force, when we shot it, we uh, or I can even back up. Like we first shot Let's Know Pump, which was that was you know late to uh, like 2009, 2010. Um, that product we shot from start to finish all the way through twice in a row. We had to do oh, workout. We would do the workout. They would cut. They would take our shirts, put them in the dryer. We had a few, you know, a little time to to refuel, and then we had to do it all over again. And then they basically <laughs> were just taking cut from each, you know, each take and and taking the best ones. And I think we had to do a couple pickups. Quarter force we shot all the way through, and it was unless there was a. Uh, they call it a fatal flaw or something like that. They would just let it go. <laughs> That's but a bit morbid. Nobody dropped. <laughs> every workout. Yeah, if you just drop it down because you die. Um, <laughs> but then we also do pickups, uh, you know, and fix, you know, certain shots and things like that. And then when we did lift four, that was one of the first times that it was all the way through, no cuts, no breaks, just is what it is and you know and you can hear it in the in when we do that you can hear me like i totally jack up words and this and that because <laughs> you know you have to talk the whole time words are so it was yeah. um but i think it was fun i, I, I love the way we shot before it was it was brought a degree of realness to it and i think people appreciated that so you know as of right now it's it's all real-time shooting is is the hot thing um and you know if you mess up you just go in and you just and it definitely brings a whole level of shooting and one more one more thing for me to think about while I'm shooting is to, you know, think of my feet if I screw up I gotta recover from it. Yeah. I guess we're in the age of streaming, so uh everybody yeah. wants it to be raw and real and mm -hmm. kinda relatable. Yeah, and I don't see anything wrong with it. I like no. it. I mean that brings that level of you know, when you look back and you look at the court of force and everything, it's just so perfect and you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think in doing that, you lose a little bit. Like I think what saved that is we had like it was Jericho and myself, so we were able to play off each other, and I think that helped the the personality standpoint. But I do still think we lost a little bit of our personalities in it because it was so perfect. You know yeah, what I mean? Really uh, versus in Lift Four, it's like that's me, man. <laughs> that's all you get because there was no cut and there was no change. In. That's all it's me from start and, to finish. Yeah, and I, I think it's good too because you know you have say a guy like me doing it, right? Like I'm about, you know, 300 pounds or so. And I'm, I'm doing something like that. And like, if I see you mess up a little bit, <laughs> I go, Oh, okay. Well, he messed up a bit. So it's okay. If I do, or if they can't breathe, yeah. then you can't breathe. Yeah. You feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's straight, if everyone else is struck, then it definitely brings like a, yeah, it definitely brings that feeling. Oh, okay. I'm the only one who's dying right now. <laughs> yeah. 
rising tide raises all boats, right? Or lowers them yeah, exactly. in this case. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do a um, meditation or mindfulness type work uh, in, in your regular workouts? No. Stretch. That's it. That's eat. fair. Not in, not in any of that stuff. Um, I just, no, I like, to, I, I stretch every day. I make myself stretch because I know I need to and, and I know I feel better from doing it, but that's, that's pretty much it when it comes down to that world. That's fair. I mean, it could even be yeah. a little bit of that, sort of like a couple minutes of, of, you know, quiet time as you're stretching or something. <laughs> Maybe it's a type of meditation, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's laying there and just catching my breath and, and I still got a, my music blaring. Um, it's, <laughs> it's more of like an accomplishment, a feeling of accomplishment, you know. And so, yeah, if you want to call it meditation, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess <laughs> there's a title for everything these days, isn't there? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Um, I guess I want to ask as well, were you, a, were you a Rams fan before they moved to L.A.? I... So, no, I was not. Um, I was raised a 49ers fan. Uh, Interesting. My dad, he just, like, again, my family's from Southern California, and uh, you know, the Rams obviously left L.A. a long time ago, and so then most people who were from here started rooting for either the Chargers or the Niners, uh, mm-hmm. or, or Raiders. Luckily, my family picked the Niners. And... <laughs> um, so yeah, I was a Niners fan, but I was I was just really excited. Like, you know, when I heard the Rams were coming back to LA, I got really excited because, especially living okay, living in West Texas, which is all football, and watching you know the camaraderie and, and how the town and city get behind the teams, and then living and going to uh, Seattle Seahawks games, which is epic. Like the whole yeah. town, and the city of Seattle, and Olympia, the surrounding areas. Like I was living in Olympia, like. The whole, you know, every, it just everybody was so behind the team, and so what I got excited about was that possibility for when the Rams were moving here to LA, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is a cool opportunity for us to, you know, kind of be the start of something new and, and something amazing. Um, and then like the very next day, they said the Chargers were coming here. I'm like, well, there goes that, and <laughs> uh, it's pretty much been downhill from there <laughs> on everything because then they. Announced, you know, then they started building the new stadium in Inglewood, and they, you know, the prices for the uh, seat licenses to buy season tickets just got so expensive that, like, seriously, they have they they come with like mortgage plans. To really? Uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't working. This we did three seasons. They they're in the Coliseum. One more season. This next season, they move into the new stadium, and I just I, I lost it. I'm still rooting for them. I still love them. I love having a home team, and we'll still go to some of the games, but. Now we're getting re-upper season tickets, and we're just going to be like, you know, you know, home game, you know, home views, uh, games at the or viewing parties at the house, um, mm-hmm. sort of thing. But yeah, it's uh, leave it to LA to ruin it all. <laughs> what is the atmosphere like there at those games? Is it uh, kind of rowdy or a little bit more corporate and quiet? No, it's definitely rowdy. But the, the problem is, you know, because it's a newer. It's a newer team, and L.A. is mostly, you know, the majority of the population here are transplants anyway. So most of the time people will go to these games because their home team is playing. Uh, you know, it was like yeah. the, the, if it, it was the, the Vikings or the, the Packers or something like that. So that, so the, the, the visiting fans would be louder than the home fans. And, like, you know, I'm watching, so I'm sitting here, I'm paying for a home game. I was having to watch our offense use a silent snap count because the other visitors are so loud. I'm like, this is bullshit. Oh, it's so, basically a big yeah, I, I, This last season just was like the, the breaker for me. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. That's um, right. <laughs> yeah. And then we found between like having, you know, we'll have 
you know, parties here, viewing parties here. We also found like some local bars and stuff that, you know, Rams, that like it's a Rams bar, so it's a lot more fun than you're fully surrounded and immersed with your fans. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a little bit more fun in that case. So we're just still support them, but not as much live. Which that is makes sense. I love going to the games. It was a lot of fun. Well, it's always better live. Well, not necessarily always, but sometimes football is yeah. better on TV with the commentary and, and whatever else. But um, yeah. nothing is a live sports game. Well, if in, in the right setting. I mean, that's oh, for sure. because that's why I, I was telling my wife about it. was like, you know, when you go to that, I still want to take her to, like, I'm going to take the, you know, the season, like a USC game, college game, you know, with all, you know, 100,000 seats are full or uh, take her up to Seattle. We're actually going to go, I think, to, because uh, Rams are playing Pittsburgh at, in Pittsburgh this year in November, I think, and we've got a bunch of friends there. So I think we're going to go and she'll see, like, you, may, you won't, won't be Rams fans getting behind it. You watch the Steeler Nation, man. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's fun. It's fun to see a whole city get behind a team like that. That's wild. I mean, as as Canadians, we can't really relate because yeah, our, yeah. our biggest <laughs> stadium holds, what, 35,000 or something? Yeah, 35, 40. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our pro, whatever, if you can call it pro. Um, you ever watch CFL? As an American, I assume not. Is that the, C, the CFL, right? The Canadian yeah. Football League? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to catch. You got, I think I'd have to stream it. I don't really air that down here. I think uh, I think the ESPN is two, three. One <laughs> of those, or even ESPN Plus. Yeah. I think the app. I think they stream it now. Uh, okay, they're buried. Nice. They don't. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. ESPN eight. The Ocho. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes sense. I guess. Um, Old yeah. move gotten. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks for recognizing that one. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. Um, you've been to Canada, though, eh? Some beach buddy stuff? Yeah, yeah, we come um, pretty much every quarter. I mean, so every quarter, you know, we all the trainers, we all go out on uh, the Super Weekend Circuit. And um, I was just up in Toronto. Um, I'm going back to Montreal in July. Or actually, it's uh, Quebec City. Ooh, I guess it's fairly, super it's fairly close to Montreal. I don't know my Canadian geography. So. <laughs> it's fairly um, close, yeah. But yeah, so I've no, I've hit uh, I've hit several places. We've done uh, I've done Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Calgary, uh, and so every quarter I'm usually if, if not every quarter every six months I come up there uh, to one of the cities. So I love it up there. I really do. I don't I don't like the cheese fondue smell, but I do like the uh, <laughs> I like the pe- I like the people. The cheese fondue. Smell. <laughs> Are we just nose blind to that? Because I maybe I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> It's the it's like the the, the cheese fondue or the I guess you like it's it's cruise for you guys I think that's what it is Oh, are you saying like a poutine? Yeah, that's it. Oh, <laughs> poutine smell. Poutine's delicious. That's that's offensive. It's a, French, it's a French thing, I think. And um, <laughs> you know, when we were and a couple months ago, we went over with some friends to Switzerland, and it was everywhere. I was just like, it was even amplified. And I just like it, it's such an offense to my olfactory. Is, uh, I just can't handle it, but good for you guys. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> America just smells like string cheese and you know whipped cream or something. But <laughs> yeah, it's like butt to me. Just, uh, I can't deal with it. <laughs> uh, come to rural Manitoba, you'll you'll smell some real buddy smells. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we had a we had a poll recently on Facebook. Uh, I just kind of want to get your get your thoughts. Um, are, do you think Canadians are as polite as we think we are? Yeah, actually, I'm going to give you that one. I yes. do. Um, I've I've honestly I've had 
almost nothing but good experiences up there. And the only reason I say almost nothing is just because um, apparently there is a Canadian who has the same has the name Joel B. Freeman, and their birthday is like two years apart from mine, but like it's nine twenty six eighty from mine's nine twenty six eighty two. Oh wow! And that person is like a hardened criminal. So, uh, it was a couple, I guess it was like a year ago I flew in, it was either Ottawa or Calgary, I flew in and, um, got put into secondary inspection. I had no idea why I sat for like two hours and they finally called me up and they're like, do you know why you're here? I'm like, I have no idea. And I'm like, we need to talk about your arrest record. I'm like, excuse me. And they started listing out, like it was assault. It was armed robbery, like assault with a deadly weapon, assault against a police officer, aggravated assault. Like it just kept going. <laughs> this list kept oh, wow. going. And I was like, I was like, whoa! I've never. And I was like, sir, I've never been. I think whatever city it was, I think I might have been talking about. I've never been to Calgary. I've never been arrested in Canada. Uh, I've never been, committed a felony anywhere. And just so, like, I guess I'm flagged for that. <laughs> and unless it's, uh, but luckily, you know, like whatever your version of the TSA at the airport is, like, I guess there's a coach uh, that has like they put something on my my name and said like he's not that guy. But, you know, I just get nervous every time I go to the airport now because I feel like they know it. <laughs> and they're going to like put me into secondary inspection or flog me or something. And I'm like, no, <laughs> um, so I'm That's trying to, right now I'm applying for, uh, applying for my Nexus to try to get through a <laughs> faster shot. <laughs> uh, so, sorry about yeah, that. Uh, hey? Aside from that, like, uh, no, I, I love it. I really do. Uh, every time I come back, I always feel free. I'm like, it's, I just have such a great time. And like, even Montreal, like, um, that last event I did in Montreal was one of the biggest super weekends we had. It was uh, like 1,300 people showed up, which wow. was awesome. And, you know, maybe 20% understood a freaking word I said. Like, they speak a lick of English. But, you know, they had so much fun and they were so nice and they were just woohooing the whole time. And I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy coming up there for sure. Well, if you're ever anywhere near Winnipeg, and I don't know why you would be. But uh, feel free to <laughs> read that with to us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I'll have to I'll have to do my my geographic research to understand where everything is, and uh, you know, like I said, yeah, because I, I come up there, you know, uh, every three to six months for a weekend, and yeah, love to, to see it, all of it. I think it's beautiful up there. Well, if you ever watch South Park, we have one road that runs east west, and you'll hit every city on the way. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty easy. So it's very, it's very much like South Park. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty accurate. That it, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit offensive, but I get it. <laughs> um, it's only offensive to other people who don't understand it. It's, if you're there and you can, I think you can say it. Oh yeah, oh, so <laughs> we we totally do it. We'll just uh, Winnipeg. It's a shithole, but it's our shit. We love it. <laughs> our shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to monopolize too much of your time, but uh, before we go, um, a friend of mine had kind of. Uh, giving me a question to ask you, um, so if you yeah. don't mind. Um, he said, for someone uh, that's age 55 with heart problems like cardiomyopathy and, and AFib, um, what kind of exercises would you suggest uh, he do? He he said he does some, some weight training, cardio a few times a week. Um, is there anything you'd give more specifics about? No, I, I think that's really it. Um, you know, with anything that that's anything that's to do with the heart, and that's that's a serious matter. You always want to be careful. Uh, my father has gone through a lot of the same stuff, and you know, he's, he's gone through a triple bypass and pacemaker and, and everything. He has a lot of heart issues, so those are things he has to always be cognizant of. And he's actually been doing them before. Uh, 
Oh, really? And he, yeah, and, you know, keeping, you know, the nice thing about the weightlifting component of the sport is you keep your heart rate down. Uh, it's the hit that obviously brings your heart rate up. So, you know, it, what I would say is modify as needed um, and just know, you know, know your limits and you always talk to your doctor so you know what those limits are. And, you know, if you need to wear a heart rate monitor so you can help keep even better track of it, then do it. But the weightlifting aspect of it, it it'd be, I think, highly beneficial for sure. And then obviously any sort of hit you can do because that can and uh, it, it does do a lot of benefits to, uh, you know, the way your heart functions. So um, but as always, just make sure the doctors and they know with everything. Oh, yeah, perfect. I mean, that makes sense. And it's free here, so. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing, guys. It's like a loft over a party above us, okay. <laughs> we might smell like cheese and nobody lives here, but we get free stuff. Well, so. You can go to the doctor whenever you want. That's yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> Complaining about the smell. Um, <laughs> again, kind of uh, before I let you go, um, you're a self-proclaimed cat dad, um, and we also have a bangle. Uh, are yours as whiny as mine is? Oh yeah, Bengals never shut up, man. Yeah, it's they, uh, good. I'm not yeah, alone. They, if they're if they're awake, um, <laughs> they tend to talk. Um, <sighs> but we luck. We also did luck out because we are, we had a friend that had a Bengal that literally never shut up. Uh, every time we were there, that's all you would hear. Um, ours are really talkative. Chloe is Brianne's cat. She's had her since a kitten. Uh, it follows her brand everywhere she goes, and so that's definitely Brian's cat, and she like, so she'll talk to Brian more. Um, Kobe's more mine, and he, he's more my personality. He's just a butthead, and he only talks to me something. But yeah, they're loud, and if they if they start talking, then once they get going, man, it's 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 pretty loud and intense. But I love it. I love their personalities. Yeah, they they're definitely uh, they definitely have personalities. Yeah, I'll give you yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> It's my wife's cat. Fun. Like we didn't want cat. We didn't want cats to just like lay around all day long. You want something that has a little bit of a personality and, and you know and, and some sort of value uh, <laughs> to the world. And, and uh, I think the Bengals are very fat. If if you consider that valuable, I guess <laughs> that's about as, as for a cat. That's about as much as you can get. That's true. We have one of each. Yeah. One of them's a big fat yeah. slob that just you know rolls around, and the other one is a bangle and whining all the time. So you literally both. It's a mixed bag. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, like I said, we, we don't want to steal too much of your time, but unless you have something to bring up, Randy? Uh, not really. I was going to ask maybe just before we let you go, like, what would be your top, you know, maybe two or three tips for people who are looking to either get into the beach body programs or working out in general, like to help, to help themselves get into it and to keep going on a program? Uh, yeah, you know, look, it, it comes down for me. It, it, it comes down to anything that I, I talk about on a daily basis, almost on my social channels. And, and it, it, what I always talk about is, is finding that which you can stay consistent with. Um, you know, there's so many things, that, and, and there's so many options out there. There's three programs. Like, look at Beachbody on Demand and how many different workout programs are on there. And look at the all the different options now on the nutrition platform, just the Beachbody on Demand alone. I mean, that's just one platform. So there's, you know, there's even more out there on top of that. And it's the same thing with supplementation and the same thing with food nowadays and all these other things. And, and so, you know, what I try to tell people is, is to find those workouts. Like if it's core to force that you feel like that, that it's something that you can stick with, you know, three to four days a week at least, uh, then do it, you know, and, and just keep going. And, uh, and if it's lift four, uh, 
if it's a weightlifting, which everyone should do some sort of weightlifting resistance training, three to four, you know, three, at least three days a week, and then you can put your core to force workouts in those other days, um, you know, then do because in, the whole point of that is to develop some sort of consistency, longer than 30 days, longer than six weeks or eight weeks, but you know, start going for months and yeah. years, and that type of consistency is where you really will start to see. Uh, long-term results and and just be overall happier and you get rid of this yo-yo dieting and yo-yo weight gain and loss and all these things. It's just to find that consistency because that's really where you see ultimate success. Perfect. Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Absolutely, man. In this, in, in this world, it's absolutely true. You know, the, the quick fixes are bullshit. Um, they're not going to last. You know, you got to put some work into it to keep it long-term for sure. Absolutely. That's, that's, Great advice. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from a super trainer, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, up to it. <laughs> exactly right. Um, well, on that good note, I think uh, well, thank you for for joining us. It's been a real treat. Um, we'll probably just yeah. leave it to your evening. Yeah, it's been it's been okay. fun talking to you. Do you have anything you want to plug um, before you go? I uh, plug. Uh, let's see. Plug is the usual shameless plug. Joel Freeman Fitness <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then depending on when this airs, you know, I always post, uh, all the things I'm doing every month. You know, we're finishing up the lift formation calendar with Sean, uh, that finishes out the end of next week. But my new, uh, I'm doing another diet bet that starts May 6th that you can still do your own workouts in or I'm launching a new calendar. So I'm always launching something. So it's a good idea to go to, go to my pages to keep track of, I'm trying, trying to keep something new coming every month. Uh, in the work, in the form of a different calendar or a different challenge or something like that, just to keep it fresh. Perfect. That sounds great. Um, again, thanks. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, like I said, it was a real treat. We had fun. Um, yeah. well, let's keep in touch. Maybe we'll do uh, a number two. <laughs> yeah, sounds great, guys. I appreciate it. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thank uh, All right, have thanks a great so much. Night. Yeah, you as well. You too. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Wow, that was fun. That was fun. Informative. Entertaining. Yeah, exactly what we're all about at the Two Idiots Podcast. You're goddamn right. <laughs> no, so yeah, thanks for joining us. I hope you hope you enjoyed our uh, our discussion with Joel. Um, I found him very insightful and funny and He's good family. guy. Yeah, yeah. Might have to go to L.A. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or or we find the murderer Joel Freeman and hang out with him. Perhaps maybe. he's already in Canada. True. <laughs> Should be easy to find. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess we can kind of do some regular two idiots uh, yeah. content now. Um, we're only we're only forty minutes here, Edge. The people yeah. like people expect more out of us. The night is young, so forever young. Oh Jesus! Let's <laughs> shut it down. That's it's gone off the rails. Um, I think we should do a little bit of uh, Avengers Endgame talk. Oh boy! Exactly. So we're gonna do a fully. Spoiled <laughs> uh, discussion. So, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoilers. We'll uh, we'll put a tag in so you know how much to avoid if you haven't watched it yet, um, and then you can tune back in after if you like. Precisely. Um, so be sure to read the description. Yeah, exactly. So you know when to skip. Yeah. I will not have us be yelled at for spoiling this. <laughs> or yelled at us. Anyways, so yeah, you've been warned. We're going to have some spoilers, um, so make your peace with that. We got three, two, one, and spoilers. Boom. Endgame is fucking amazing. 
It is fantastic. It is. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, it, it, obviously, if you don't know already, it's, it's, it's a bit slow for the first two-ish hours, mm-hmm. um, but not in a way that's necessarily bad. It kind of just, you're kind of following the, the fallout after, um, after Infinity War, and it's great, like, it's emotional, um, when they get to, like, the epic battles, it's, you're totally revved up and you're into it, Yeah. and, and then when, uh, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> when Tony dies, uh, it's a bit of a tearjerker. <laughs> oh, it'll get you. I, I teared up roughly four times <laughs> watching the movie. People who know me know that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, he cries um, over everything. I only cried, like, eight times at my wedding, so that was good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it, it, like you said, the first two hours can, like it, it didn't feel long to me at the time. No, me neither. Because if you've watched these last, you know, 21 films before this, 22 films, whatever it is, there's so much fan service yeah. and little things that if you've really been paying attention across all these movies that you're going to pick up and you're really going to love and that time's just going to fly by. Yeah, exactly right. Some of... Some of the deliveries, like, you know, it's always Captain America's, like, one-liners and stuff. And, like, you know, it's going to work. Uh, I know it will because I don't know what it'll do if it doesn't. Yeah. You know, things like that. I'm always just like, that's corny and cheesy, but that's it him. Is, but I that's think his character. Evans delivers it so well. Yeah. Like, he is, to me, he's, like, the quintessential Captain oh, America. Oh, yeah. He plays the character perfectly. And I don't necessarily blame him because that's sort of his character's thing. Yeah. But, like, you know. If you're okay with that, then it's great. Uh, and I am okay with it, but it's, I noticed it. So it kind of yeah. takes me out of it a little bit when I hear that stuff. Um, my only issues with the movie, I, I've only seen it once. I'm going to watch it again, so I may may or may not. This may well, we're definitely going to come back and talk about this in later episodes. Exactly. Um, Captain Marvel's hair, I don't like it, <laughs> which is minor. <laughs> um, and the fact that, you and I discussed this already, but we'll talk about it for everybody else. Um, the fact that uh, Falcon becomes Captain America. I don't like it. Um, it's not a racial thing. <laughs> so Before anybody jumps down my throat, um, it's just to me, throughout the whole arc of the MCU, uh, Falcon feels like a secondary, unnecessary character. And I don't know if that's how it is in the comics, which I assume it's not, but in the movies, he feels like such a, a nothing peripheral character and for him to then become Captain America it just felt I don't know disappointing maybe I don't know it just didn't didn't do it for me I don't think he's the right character for that in the arc of the movies like I don't know in terms of what they've done in the MCU yeah yeah like um, Brie Larson's hair don't care yeah it's It's super minor I just don't Um, like it (laughs) it's like ripped off the comic page so I loved it sure Um, in regards to Falcon like I I'm okay with it um, I do like, you know, Sam Wilson as a character and, and I mean, come on, Papa Doc gets to be Captain America, man. <laughs> <laughs> Little eight mile reference. <laughs> but, um, I almost saw it as, and like, I could tell even in the theater we were watching in that people were kind of like, what? Like, why isn't Bucky yeah. getting the shield, right? And like, I get that. Um, That's probably exactly why they did it. Cause everybody expected it. Well, that, <laughs> and I think that. And I'm going to equate it to wrestling because it kind of works in the scenario. But, like, <laughs> Bucky and, like, him as the Winter Soldier are a very established character. So he doesn't necessarily need that mantle to remain or to get popular. Oh, sure. Whereas, like, yeah. in wrestling, right, you put the title on a guy 
who could use the boost that you get from the prestige of the championship. <laughs> prestige. You know but yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Trying to make a fucking point here. Yeah, actually. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, right? So he gets the title and in turn, it's going to help bring more notoriety to him and people will want to see the next chapter of Captain America I, because of it, I think. Of course. Yeah, I, I can see that. And I, that's exactly what's going to happen. But I just... I just don't care enough about him as a character to even see him follow this next arc. You know, I'm going to, but like, if I had to say beforehand whether you know I gave a shit whether he continued to live or not, like he could have he could have been snapped out and never come back, and I wouldn't have, wouldn't have noticed really. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a dude with metal wings with guns. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, it just seems so. I don't know. It just seems so minor. But otherwise, and even that that doesn't spoil anything for me. It's still an excellent movie. Yeah. Oh, again, if you're into that kind of nerdy sphere, then yes, and it's and an I excellent movie. Because um, there's a guy I work with and he watched it last night um, and he's not like into the Marvel movies at all. He's seen a couple. He watched like a 20 minute what you need to know before going in. Oh God, that before, feels so wasteful. Like, on YouTube before watching the movie. Oh, that hurts me. <laughs> and I agree. But um, then Curtis, I'm sorry, but you got. I mean, get your life like together. It, so awesome. Get your life together, Curtis. God, <laughs> <laughs> I'll hear about this one. But uh, no, like even he still like quite enjoyed the movie. Okay, if yeah. not getting everything he could from yeah. the first couple hours, in my opinion, the last hour should make up for anything you got to sit through in the first two. It's true, <laughs> but our, it just it our, just feels like soundproofing just came down and attacked us from the roof. Yeah, we're we're pretty legit here. It's uh, the house is falling down around our ears, but that's that's fine. We're gonna um, be here for you. Yeah, the show will remain. We'll persevere. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, it just feels so. If you if you can't, and I, my memory's so shitty that I often over so many movies I forget some of the the ties and kind of I don't necessarily pick up on all the uh, all the plugs or the Easter eggs, mm-hmm. but for you to not have almost any context, you know, for many of them, like, especially to start the, start the movie, it's just like, it almost doesn't feel worth it. <laughs> like it, again, the, the second half, uh, would pull you back in and, and the movie still works. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, you know, people should watch it. Um, but I just feel like it's, it's like, if you can't really get on that level, it's just, I, if it were me, I probably wouldn't have watched it then. Mm-hmm. But great. I mean, if, if he enjoyed it, that's what you, that's oh, yeah, what you well, he said he, he quite enjoyed it. So, yeah. Um, I wasn't, like thinking back, I initially wasn't a big fan of Fat Thor. <laughs> it's a bit too campy. A uh, little bit. Yeah. Um, Part of the reason why I hated Thor Ragnarok. It's sort of like it's a little much. Um, you know, it's almost a little trying a little too hard to be funny, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a pretty good job. I thought it was funny. But no, they did, they did good because I think that for as silly as he was at yeah. most points, he. Uh, the times that he is serious and kind of poignant, like the scene with his mom. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like you can see he's conflicted because he feels that he failed by mm-hmm. not, you know, going for the head when exactly. he should have. Yeah. And, and they're fucking ballsy in this movie, man. Like spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> like they kill Thanos in the first 15 yeah. minutes. I was like, where are we going from here? <laughs> like what? Do the credits roll? Like, was it a lie? Is it actually yeah. three hours long? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Well, I thought so too. I was like, where, where the hell are they going to go with this? Yeah. Like, and, and everything you've seen in the trailers, 
basically happens in the first 20 minutes yeah. of the movie. So everything you see from then on is new. And if you haven't watched it yet and you're still listening now, get out of here. <laughs> come back later yeah. when you watch it. But Some people like spoilers, though. Like Kat. She, see, she Googled spoilers before we went into it. I cannot no. wrap my head around that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. The whole, and it's almost it's almost disrespectful. Kat, if you're listening to this, you're disrespectful <laughs> to the creators of the movie because they are building this this climax, the the writing, the the, the build up to it is meant for you to not know how it ends. Uh, and kind of you're you're, kind of, you're almost doing them a disservice by spoiling it for yourself because they worked hard to right. To build it for you, and then you're just going to knock them out at the knees. Right. So shame on you. <laughs> I, I'm on the fence. I For big movies like this, I don't like spoilers. Like, if this would have yeah. got spoiled for me, I would have been choked. Oh, yeah. I had my theories going in who's going to die, who's going to live. That's um, half the fun of it, right? But, so I was prepared for some of the deaths that happened. Yeah. But, um, but like, for some movies, like, I think for Aquaman and... and I haven't even seen that Sam, Like, I read... I listened to reviews. Sure completely spoiler filled because I'm like yeah. well I'll just I'll go back and see it for myself yeah right? and those are yeah I guess if it's minor it's it's fine yeah. it's still a little bit of the same thing but yeah it's, but like I'm, I'm not close to it right yeah, like, exactly. I love I love DC and and I'm trying to get behind what they're doing with the movies <laughs> like Aquaman was a step in the right direction I think they've gone a little too dark um, yeah they had definitely did. and they tried to course correct too much with Justice League without mm. leaning into that kind of stuff. They're trying to be Marvel. Uh, yeah, they're just playing catch up, right? Yeah. But I think what they've done with Aquaman and where they're going with Shazam is a step in the right direction. Make it a little lighter, a little more audience friendly. For sure. Um, yeah. So, so the spoilers to me, or I can take them, I can leave them. But when I'm 22 films deep yeah. and like I've watched every single one of these in theaters, yeah. I want that experience. I don't want yeah. that ruined for me. I was, this is back to a, a previous point, I was actually waiting th- almost throughout the entire movie for Thor to just like, I don't know, do some sort of weird Asgardian magic and suddenly get a six pack back. Yeah. Like, it's great that he didn't, I guess, but like, I honestly thought, I was like waiting for the time where he's just like, oh, I'm skinny now. <laughs> I almost thought like as soon as he pulled Molnir yeah. back from, and they tried really hard in this movie to be like, Fuck you. You guys are watching Thor 2. Yeah. Because no one gave a shit about it, but we're putting all of Thor's plot yeah. in that movie and in here. None of it made sense to me because I don't remember that movie <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, but at one point I brought it to you, um, and maybe you saw this and said I haven't looked into it, but when he takes, how do you say the hammer? Milnor? Molnir. Molnir. Um, when he takes the hammer back from current, you know, technically he take from current Thor, um, wouldn't like he just not have past it? Thor. Well, yeah, I guess in in the time that he's in, it'd be current. But yeah, so yeah. past Thor, would he not notice that his hammer's gone? Or is there an arc in Dark World that he loses the hammer for a time? That I don't remember. I have yeah. to go back and watch it. So I was just like, that was the one kind of continuity thing. There, there probably is something in that movie, and someone's probably screaming in you know at their phone yeah. or or whatever that we're being dumb. But uh, that was one thing there. But when you start. To mess with time travel, it gets real. Yeah. It's real murky waters. They did a hell of a job, though. Like, when you watch, uh, say, X-Men Days of Future Past, it's the most confusing storyline ever. Yeah. There's too many... They don't clearly establish... Well, maybe they do, but I didn't get it. But they they don't necessarily clearly establish the rules of their time travel, which I felt like uh, Endgame did very well. Like, Mm. when the Hulk is like, 
no, that's not how this works. Like, this is this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He kind of lays it all well. And then at the end, you're like, this makes sense. Everybody kind of ties in, you know? Yeah. it. This is it. You, you don't have to worry about well, it. And like, and, like, with the, the Thor and Molnir thing, like, they say when they jump back into the time stream and they replace the stones chronologically back where they were, yeah. that all the divergent timelines then don't happen. No, exactly. And it's but, one singular. No, I know, but that would still mean that the timeline in which he took uh, Molnir um, is still the current timeline. It's not even a tangent because he still has the hammer. Mm-hmm. So then would then not that other Thor not have it? At least for that amount of time? But that timeline would then like reset from that point. Oh, would it? Yeah. Uh, I think it's okay. kind of what they were getting at. Okay, I guess. <clears throat> it sort of doesn't work because then yeah, that what happens make sense. with Cap at the end. Right? Yeah. Okay, um, so it did make sense, and then you just made it not make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, and like time travel is tricky. Yeah, right? but they did a good job. They did um, for, for the most part. Yeah, yeah, there's unless you're really starting to nitpick, they do a very yeah. good job. I'd agree. Um, yeah, my main the big <laughs> I uh, involuntarily cheered a little bit when when Captain America got the hammer. <laughs> oh, dude, I think half the theater did. Yeah, and I audibly I, went like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I was a little bit stoned, but and, and even so, <laughs> right? Like, like that's a payoff from yep. Age of Ultron. Right? Yep. And I mean, the rumor's been that you know he could lift it the whole time in Age of Ultron. He just didn't want to make Thor feel bad. Oh, really? So he just moved it like an inch or oh. whatever. Maybe he could just got uh, more worthy. <laughs> but uh, maybe. But I think like that's definitely a moment that if you've been watching and paying attention to those movies, like, yeah. you've been waiting for that moment to yeah. happen. No, it was pretty dope. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, it's little shit like that. Like, and when they go back to, uh, like, New York in 2012 when they're yeah. going to get the Tesseract, like, you get all that again. You get to see, you know, Cap fight Cap. Yeah. Um, in the that Battle of good. America's Ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, when they, when he goes into the elevator. Yeah. To go, like, to, with the staff or whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is, like, one of my favorite scenes from Winter Soldier, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, right? They pay that off by same kind of scenario, and then you get to hear Cap say "Hail Hydra," which yep. is like awesome. Yep, it's like holy shit. Um, just small stuff like that. Like that it gave me so much joy throughout the movie. Here's a question for you: Is hmm, who who is the greatest hero of that movie? Any of the Avengers or the Rat that shot Ant Man back out of the van? Well, <laughs> yes, technically. Um, <laughs> That's a real big coincidence to pin your movie on. Yep. For sure. And I thought the same thing. Um, I mean, I'll take it. Whatever. Oh, yeah. It's a comic book movie. It's, it's going to happen. But yeah, like without him, it wouldn't. The whole plan's moot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, theoretically, Tony thought about oh, it yeah. because they when they talk he about it. wouldn't have looked into it if he didn't, no. you know. And I like that, like, he was pretty salty when he got back yeah. to Earth. Like, I saw this shit coming yep. and you guys didn't do anything about it. Exactly. Um, again, back to Age of Ultron, right? Like, mm-hmm. he knows this threat's coming. Yep. Um, he's had a... I think over the whole series of movies, Cap is my favorite. Really? Yeah. I, I love Iron Man, but I, it's just something about... I've always been a Captain America fan. That's fair. Um, like... The first uh, first Avenger is a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone back to watch it enough. But, I was so bored by it. Um, Winter Soldier's fantastic. Great. Yeah, I like that one. Um, Civil War is great. Yeah, um, but not necessarily because of him. 
No, but I I just think he plays the character very oh, well. I'll give you that. Oh, for sure. And don't get me wrong, I'm not necessarily shitting on him, but he's not at all my favorite of of them. Mm-hmm. I think I think Tony's had the most compelling uh, character arc in all the movies. Yeah. Because Captain is just Captain, and it's like the same trope every movie. He's like, oh, I'm old. <laughs> I don't get that. Fuck. In a way, but like he's also got good emotional story with everything yeah. with Peggy. And- oh, sure. But it's just like the same thing every movie, whereas... You know, Iron Man 1, he, uh, he's conflicted, you know, stop selling weapons, blah, blah, blah. Iron Man 2, he's now a badass, you know, world peace, la-di-da. And then again, he's it's killing him. Iron Man 3, he basically, like, loses his suit and has to be human again. And then, well, you know... Got, and he's dealing with the PTSD. From- exactly. And, like, I think that's more of a broader and more, like, kind of a more interesting, at least to me, yeah. um, character arc uh, than anything Captain America. Yeah. Like, he's well, cool, I'm not but saying that Tony doesn't have the most satisfying arc of that's everybody. That's fair, okay. Because um, he is the head of the MCU. Yeah. Um, just for me personally, I connect more with Cap, and I like his, like, you know, at the end when he goes to jump in to bring the Infinity Stones back, and yeah. he doesn't come back after five seconds, right? And yeah. Yeah. Like, the second I heard that, I was like, fuck yeah, Cap's doing one for himself. Like, yeah. <laughs> he goes and you, know, you find out he had a life. He comes back. He's a 90-year-old man on the bench yeah. or whatever. It was great. And, you know, Cap, after putting everyone before himself, every movie, yeah. for the good of, you know, mankind and, and his people and his team, he finally took one for himself and and did the selfish thing. I think it was a very well-earned moment. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I didn't doubt for one second that he wasn't coming back immediately. Mm. I was like, obviously, right? Yeah. But I wasn't sure what they were going to do with that. I didn't want them to kill him outright. Um, I had a feeling he wasn't going to be back. Right. If he um, was going to go, like if he was going to... There's two moments where... Or one very big moment where if he was going to go that way, it was definitely when he's like just after he gets the shit kicked out of him by Thanos... And he's just got, like, his big heroes. Like, he's just climbing up, right? Yeah. Cap just keeps getting up no matter what. That's the yep. time to do it if you're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, I almost thought it was going to happen there. Yeah, me too. Again, that's probably what they want you to think. <laughs> but if you do that there, then you don't get, you know... Like, one of the best moments in the movie for me is, you know, Cap standing there and he's got his back... Or, you know, his back's against the wall. Thanos' army is sprawled out across the whole screen. Oh, yeah. And then you just hear, on your left, in his earpiece. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I got chills thinking about it right now. Right? And then the, yeah. it's the callback to, you know, Civil War. Yep. The first time Cap and Falcon meet, it's Cap saying, on your left. Yep. Um, and then all the portals open up and every, oh man. like just, great. I get so excited or when, about it. Who yells it when they're like, Avengers! And then Captain America's like, Assemble. Yeah, he starts. He says Avengers and oh, he does says he? Assemble. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought someone else had said it. Because they pause. And he almost does it at the end of... Is it the end of Age of Ultron or end of Civil War? Age of Ultron. I don't remember. And they're all like in the Avengers thing. And he says Avengers and he puts his finger up and then it cuts to black. Uh, so you get that payoff. Yeah. There's so much goddamn fan service in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. incredible. Yeah, I'm really curious how they're going to go from here. Um, but it's a great movie. We should probably move on a little bit. Um, great Watch it. Uh, it's good. Absolutely. It, it ties right. everything in really well. If you enjoyed any of the other Marvel movies, you'll enjoy this one immensely. Yeah. If you've been a fan through all of them, um, you're definitely going to love this yep. movie. I absolutely agree. Um, kind of on a movie tangent a little good bit. Good question. Which oh. would you put... Which would you... Would you... How would you rank 
the five now five Avengers films. Uh, that's tough. So that's one. No, sorry, four. Age of Age of Ultron. Um, I guess it'd be Infinity War. We can count Infinity Civil War, War. I mean, that's basically an Avengers movie. Basically, well, technically, it's Captain America. So yeah. maybe we shouldn't. Okay, so four Avengers movies. It's uh, a good question. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of I have I need to watch Endgame a little bit more um, to see where it ranks, but it'll be Infinity War or Endgame one two, yeah. and then uh, the first Avengers, and then Age of Ultron. I think. Yeah. Agreed. I yeah. think. Well, I think thinking back that it for me it's gonna go Infinity War is a tighter movie. Yeah. And it's a little more action packed. It is. But, yeah. But you have less emotional building in yeah. that movie. Um, I I think I'm gonna go and I'm gonna watch it again too and see but for now it's gonna go Endgame Infinity War the first one in Age of Ultron yeah I think that seems pretty reasonable I don't know if there'd be too much fighting on that that yeah. seems which if we're throwing fair. Civil War in I'm putting Civil War above the first Avengers yeah probably I might flip them but yeah in that range probably yeah mostly yeah. because I love the the Cap and Tony. Yeah. Um, the the way they're at odds the whole movie. <laughs> I just love Tony. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, too, sorry. I just love Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, Tom Holland is fantastic. He's great. Um, anywho's. Okay, we are now spoiler free. Yeah, we're back in. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about, well, the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer dropped. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to mention just briefly, I think it looks stupid. Um, but, if it's meant for kids and they enjoy it, great. But uh, it's kind of not how I would imagine it to be. It's just this whole live action phase of movies now. Mm. It's like, can't you just make a good animated version? Like, does it have to be live action? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, you can't do it the same way. It just looks dumb. Like, Sonic looks retarded. You're going to tell me that, like, Illumination Studios, who does, like, minions and shit, couldn't have done one, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, who, who is making the Sonic movie? It's Sega in cooperation with. I yeah, I'm not sure who developed it. Um, but like, I'm okay with the live action stuff, but cause, like, you can do it, right? Like, Thanos is a completely CG yeah, character, oh, yeah. and he's working with. I'm not saying it's impossible. Right? Um, it kind of steps on my childhood a little bit for so, and it, even it, it, even that's not true because when I think about it objectively, taking all my nostalgia and and you know memories out of it like the new Lion King looks pretty dope and I'm pr- probably going to watch it even yeah. though I'm I'm kind of against this whole new wave thing uh, even Aladdin I'm kind of coming around on it but I, just the idea of it it's like I feel like you're just I feel weirdly like protective of the old cartoons well, or something it, it, it almost feels like they're doing it just to make money which is exactly uh, what they're Paramount doing Paramount Pictures is doing Paramount. something like job. huh I didn't realize they were uh you know, um, a CGI type or like a animated mm. movie studio. But yeah, they, they probably have their own subcontractors. Got to compete somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I think that's up. Speaking of, well, one one that I think is dumb. You know, they're making a live action Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. And a Mulan. Well, that that I think might be kind of dope. It could be if you do it right, especially because if it's a movie that's predominantly people. That's, that's true. That's, I guess. Yeah. But even that, you're still you're still kind of taking advantage of mm-hmm. the title to just make a, the same thing again. Yeah. I understand it. 
uh, I just again I, I feel weirdly like protective mm-hmm. of of the title when I shouldn't because what do I care? Yeah. But it just kind of irks me a little bit. Um, but uh, have you seen like I don't know? It's a live action Lilo and Stitch. It's just why? Yeah, <laughs> just why? Yeah, it's not really needed. No, um, the movie was good enough. Yeah, you can't just leave it like that. It seems seems so silly. Like, there's there's certain things you can do in animated shows that you can't. Especially when it comes to having like little aliens and stuff in your shows, right? They can do cartoony things and it's okay. But when you try to put that and translate that into a live action thing, it's it's a little tougher. Oh, yeah. I think. Exactly. And, yeah, I don't um, I'm just looking up some concept art here mm-hmm. from... Oh, never mind. Oh, boy. Apparently, it's fake. Oh. Well, no, it's, it's being made... Oh wait, hold on. Oh yeah, they they are working on it, but then oh, the they, images they, that have floated around aren't. Uh, yeah, like there was a terrifying picture of what Lilo may not may look like. Yeah, dude, he looks scary. Yeah, it's it's gross. So you mean Stitch? Uh, what did I say? Lilo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little girl. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's whether that's true or not. It's still I don't know. Uh, I question the. Well, the just wait. You know, fifteen, twenty years down the road, we're gonna get live action Frozen and. Yeah. Live action Moana. The Rock will actually yeah. probably play Maui, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he could. He'll be like 80 years old by then, but he'll still be <laughs> just still chiseled. be in better shape than three quarters of the population. Fuck, 90% of the population. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really have much else to, to bring up other than that. Yeah, I don't got much either. It's been a, not a slow week, but I'm still recovering from Endgame. That was <laughs> Sunday, so... It was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. It was. Um, but go watch it. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably just leave it at that. Uh, again, huge thank you to uh, to Joel Freeman. Uh, it was it was a blast talking to him. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, um, it was awesome. I was very admitted. insightful. Got some good tips. Absolutely right. Seems like a very personable guy, which is, I guess, what you want from a fitness trainer. Yeah, you you got to have, when you're doing videos and stuff like that, you got to have a, an inviting personality. Yeah. Um, so, again, thanks, Joel. That was a blast. Thank you very much. Um, I was admittedly nervous <laughs> to start with, and it, it went well, I think. So, um, Can I go well? Yeah. Let us you, know. Yeah, exactly. If you agree, or if you don't agree, find us on uh, social media at uh, Two Idiots Podcast, or you know, or that's on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Uh, I don't even know. Just type Two Idiots Podcast <laughs> in, in the thing. You'll find, find us. It. Yeah, find us, like us, follow us. Give us a review, even on Facebook or on iTunes or whatever. Um, yeah, reviews do help a lot with helping us try to yep. try to get out there and spread the word of the two idiots. Exactly, exactly. the gospel of the two <laughs> idiots. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, as always, we appreciate the listeners. Thanks to everybody that's shared any of our posts or likes them or whatever. Glad to have you for you know, on for the ride, our uh, our little community. Let's yeah, let's we go. Appreciate it. it all. Exactly right. I think on that note, we've rambled enough for this week, so we will leave you to your lives, and uh, have a good one. Bye. Go see you in game. Yeah, yeah. Bye.